Welcome, everybody, to episode six wow. of Illegal Hand to the Face. Brian, you think we can get this far? No, I really didn't. Uh, Thank you for listening, if you are. And, you know, if you are listening, please spread the word to everybody you can, because we just like talking sports, and we want people to have fun with us. And you know something? You can bash us if you want to. We don't care, because we bash each other. Oh, and... If you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, it is at I am that fat guy one. And if you want to hit us up, hit us up at our email of illegal ham to the face yeah. at gmail.com. If you want to give your opinion on what we covered last yeah. week, please feel free. And if you have any, any ideas for us to argue about, we love to argue because sure. we're going to get into a couple of these today. All right. Because we have. <clears throat> and it's going to go down today because people have requested it. All right. And we got to do it. But it will be later on in the show. So keep listening. All right. So today we're going to start out with your uh, your Browns MVP for 2020. All right. And I want your offensive MVP. Uh-huh. Your defensive MVP. Yeah. And I want a wild card. Be offense, defense, coach, whatever. However okay. you want to do it. All right. So okay. I'm going to go first. Please. And I'm going to go with my defensive MVP. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with everybody. It's going to be Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm going to go a little different route. I think that Denzel Ward is going to have a huge, huge second. I hope so. Because we need him to, right? We do. We do. Yeah. You know, we have Greedy. We have Denzel. We have Delpit. We have all the Joseph. Mm-hmm. We have everybody now. Mm-hmm. All right. I need to see Denzel healthy for 16 games. Yes. And I need no to see him be the ball hawk that he was at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, that would be great. I pray and I hope that if he can stay healthy, I feel pretty confident that he can be the player the Pro Bowl guy that he did a couple years ago. and so As a rookie. Yeah, as a rookie. So he's just getting better. We just need him to stay healthy, stay on the field. You know, him and Greedy could be a one-two punch for years. Hopefully, you know, going back to guys like Minifield Dixon in the 80s. And hopefully we got that now. Yes. Stay healthy. Continue to progress. Pray that that happens. Uh, my defensive MVP we agree that Miles Garrett is probably the likely choice because he affects the game in so many different ways. Uh, getting after the quarterback, and you know, did you realize he had ten sacks last year in ten games? Oh yeah. I mean, so I apologize. So I burped in my mouth. I apologize. <laughs> that wasn't Miles Garrett related. No. Okay. No. Uh, that's so, that's whiskey induced. So if he can keep that up for an entire year. I mean, he's he's a difference maker. As we all know, we know he's a difference maker. He's only going to get better. I remember him taking over some games in the past. So, looking past him, I think of Denzel Ward, yes, needs to be the guy that he can be. I think to a room where we don't have much, we need a lot of leadership. We need guys to take that next step, and I'm going with Matt Wilson. Nice. We have, you know, we have guys that have been backups in the league. We have guys that don't have a whole lot of experience. 
he doesn't have a ton of experience either. But we need him to be that guy. We need him to be. We need him to be Schobert. We need him to be like Schobert because the but Browns better. was yeah the Browns defense was bad when Schobert was on the field, but they were really bad when he was off the field. And so just that one guy can make that big of a difference. And so we need him to step up, be that guy. I know we didn't invest a high draft pick in him, but we're counting on this guy. He needs to be the guy in that room. He needs to lift everyone else around him to play at a high caliber level, and he needs to make plays this year. No, uh, okay, that, I agree that Mac Wilson should be that guy that needs to step it up as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I want to bring something up to you before we get further on into this. Right. You know, there's still rumors about Clowney, all right? Yeah. And what the Browns offered him and what he's going to do. Everybody knows he's sitting out until – Whatever is happening with this pandemic gets over with and he can figure out whatever. It, it doesn't matter. He's sitting out until he wants to play. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring something up to you, you know, because obviously Vernon is going to be off the books completely done yeah. after this year. Yeah. Right? So we're weak at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Cloudy is an athletic freak like Miles Garrett, right? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Number one pick. Why couldn't uh, Cloudy? You know what you explained to me. Why couldn't Clowney play outside linebacker for us? He's played outside linebacker in Houston. Okay, so he played outside. Well, they run a three four though, don't they? Yeah. Well, like a modified three four. But he can still play that position. But how awesome would that be to have Mac Wilson, Clowney, Vernon, Garrett, and then you have the back end of Delpit, mm-hmm. Ward, Joseph. and Green. Yep. I, I'm just curious because I. Because everybody's saying that, you know, if we do sign Clowney, Vernon's got to go because, well, it's $15 million. Why not yeah. keep Vernon? It's $15 million that's coming off the books anyways. Why right. get rid of it now? Right. It's not going to matter this year. Yeah. Let's talk about next year, right? Yeah, you can. So, I mean. You know, you can theoretically do that. And I threw a curveball at you. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I like it because I like, I like the possibility of Clowney coming here because, like you said, a lot of people kind of connect the dots that, Okay, Clowney's looking for seventeen million. Vernon makes fifteen million. Why don't you just do a swap for both? You know, one for the other. You don't necessarily have to do that because I believe the Browns are still thirty million under the cap next year. Oh yeah. Now it's going to cause some issues, some problems next year or the following year, and going into the future if you sign it for a long term deal. Yeah. But which Clowney's looking for at least probably a three year deal. Yeah. If nobody's willing to give him that, I say, shoot, I give him twenty million a year, just to come to Cleveland for one year and prove himself, so he can get paid next year. I would absolutely, I would sign up for that right now. I don't know. The longer it gets, the longer the deal is, I become less excited about it. Well, you could even front load the deal. Front load the deal, sure. But front load the deal for the first two years, and then after that. You know, we're, as we're going to find out, you're going to have to start paying some of these guys that well, yeah. are performing at a high level. So so the guys that we're going to be paying is Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, depending on how hopefully. he does, hopefully. hopefully. Does. Denzel Ward yep. is going to be on there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Chubb. Chubb. Oh, God, Chubb. Yeah. Chubb. <sighs> Keep forgetting about Chubb. <laughs> but, which, you know, which, just to put it in perspective, uh, Christian McCaffrey just got $16 million a year, and... If 
if we want to keep Chubb, I'm pretty sure you're going to have to give him at least 15. Yeah, but see, Christian McCaffrey is a different running back because Christian yeah. McCaffrey's not. But the you market just, hold goes on, up We just did year. a trivia question last episode, and you told me that he was second in the league in receptions. Uh-huh. Do you ever see Nick Chubb be in second in the league in receptions? No. 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 So it's a different kind of style. That's like everybody's kind of worried about this whole Dalvin Cook sitting out because it's going to affect Chubb and how Chubb did. No. Dalvin Cook shouldn't matter. You want to know why? Dalvin Cook was hot garbage for two years because he was injured. Right. And he had one good year. He's trying to get paid for his one good year. He, well, by the way, he had that one good year in Kevin Stefanski's offense. I know, right? So if Chubb can have a year similar to Cook's last year, he could say, look, I was on fire my first year when after you traded Carlos Hyde. I was on fire the second year, should have been the league leader in rushing, and, you know, hopefully we project him to be even better this next year, depending on his workload. And so he could take that to the Browns and say, I think that's why you should take a look at Dalvin Cook and what what contract he gets, be it from the Vikings or in free agency. If he goes into free agency and he's getting $15 million a year, you better believe Chubb is asking at least for that. Yeah, I understand that, but you know something, Chubb deserves it. Dalvin Cook doesn't. He had oh, one he deserves it. good year. The only, the only but, reason no, no, he no, wasn't no, no, good. No, 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 we're not getting into this. Uh, he had one good. Year. It doesn't matter if you're injured or not. You're running back in the NFL today, right? Yeah. Okay. That means either you do good and get paid, or you sit out. So what's he going to do? Is he going to do Le'Veon Bell and just sit out and be like? Eh, I'll come back whenever I want to he come could. back. And I understand he could. But guess what? You look at those first two seasons, he had four combined touchdowns in those first two seasons. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, because he played limited Chubb, games. Yeah. And and you look at... Uh, Chubb look has at, it, though. Right. And that's why Chubb will get more than Dalvin. And I know that. But you look, I think maybe the league is starting to get hip to... The fact everyone in the league is, I mean, we've known it for years. Nobody wants to pay the running backs. But now almost every team is looking at the running backs in free agency and the giant deals they get. Le'Veon Bell got a giant deal from the Jets. Has he lived up to that? No. And, you know, as soon as Adam Gase got the job, he was kind of regretting that they paid all this money to Le'Veon Bell. So you're paying your running backs in free agency less and less money. And you look last year at Melvin Gordon. He thought, well, they're not going to sign me. I'm going to go in free agency. I'll make a crap ton of money. And he ends up going to the Broncos for two years, I think, for 16 mil. So he got he's one of the top probably 10 running backs in the league. He got 8 mil a year. And so you're just not paying your running backs what you once could. And so how does that how does that deem for, for Chubb in the future? I don't know. I mean, I think Chubb means more to the Browns than – what Gordon meant to the Chargers, but you don't know until we get there, and we hope he gets their help. Yeah. You hear my kids in the background, and I apologize for that. We're having a little issue downstairs, I guess. Um, But, you know, I I hear what you're saying. It's just, I for once, we have a running back, and it's not a piece together running back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, Peyton Hillis flashed a pan for one year. Or Jamal Lewis went his back into his career, even though he had one good year with us. Or Jerome Harrison for one game. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just everybody that I hear 
it, it's like a decision. It feels to me like we let good players walk with this team, and it just it just aggravated me. That's the reason I brought it up. Yeah. I just said, I got okay. I got to let it out. But we got to get back into our top three because right. we got off with Please a running do. back rant now. Please do. I mean, we talk so, defense. So now we're on offense. And yeah. guess what? I'm going to stick with running back. Okay? And guess what? It's not Chubb. Really? It's Hunt. Okay. I need Hunt to be the Hunt from Kansas City to help Chubb. Mm-hmm. I need him to be on the third down back to do what he has to do to catch balls, whatever it is. We need that one-two punch of back and binder. And guess what? I think we got it in Chubb and Hunt. If Hunt will do it. And guess what? I don't think he has a choice to do it or not. Not for this year. I mean, we have him for one more year. In my opinion, we have <coughs> two top ten, maybe even top five running backs in the NFL. And so the fact that if you can, if they can get all their egos in check and not worry about who's getting the balls, I think he could be absolutely a huge part of this offense. As we'll get into maybe a little bit later, he's probably going to be lining up in the slot a lot. You're, there's going to be a lot of times yeah. where you have Chubb in the backfield and Hunt in the slot, and you know he's going to have to catch short route passes and and do work with it and. So hopefully he can. We won't know how he performs in this offense till he actually does it, but he can be a major weapon. Yeah, and especially, you know, like that's what we wanted with Duke Johnson, with Duke Johnson yeah. this year. But the good thing is if you put him in a slot, you know how many jet sweeps you can run with? Right, uh, you have to or, guard against it. Or RPOs mm-hmm. and hand off to him as he's coming around behind or anything of that name. He is it opens still, up a lot. He opens up everything. Okay, mm-hmm. so now we're going to get to our wild card. Well, I didn't, oh, I, oh, that's I didn't right. Give, you still I got one more. My guy, and you gave one running back. I'll give the other running back. You think it's Chubb? I think it's Chubb. Yeah, I think. Huh. You know, obviously, we've talked in the past that I'm a huge Chubb guy. I think, other than Christian McCaffrey, he's the number two guy, number two running back in the league. And if you ask me, McCaffrey's kind of a, a Swiss Army knife. He's a do-it-all offensive weapon. If you're just looking for a running back to hand the ball to, I think he's the best in the league. You know, we have some stats that we'll talk about later, but he, whenever he touches the ball, he makes stuff happen. And the fact that he didn't have the best offensive line last year and he still did what he did, you have to take notice to that, and you have to assume he's only going to get better this year and he's going to set up the entire offense and he's going to set up Baker and make life a lot easier for Baker. And so my third, if you're asking me for my third, and I tried to think outside the box for this one, I tried to think, well, maybe it's Donovan Peoples-Jones because he's kind of a stud. (laughs) Shut up. That was meant as a joke. Shut up. Uh, (laughs) Man, it's, it's Baker. I mean, Baker has to be one of the best players on the field. He has to be one of the best guys behind center. Maybe not in the NFL, but at least in our division. And he has to give us a chance to win games. And what worries me is that we're going through this pandemic and he can't get any action on the field. And so even though with all these weapons around him, he's really going to have to understand this offense and understand the reads that he has to make and how much time he's going to have, where the pressure is going to come from, where he needs to roll to. And hopefully it all comes together in the training camp. I just worry about it. But 
He's got his work cut out for him. We've talked at length. We will talk at length on how this is his year to do it. And he just has to do it for any success with the Browns. Yeah. And, you know, I, Baker's up there for me, but he's not my wild card. My okay. wild card is rookie that we drafted. Okay. Is Jedrick Wills. Yeah. Because guess what? We needed to solidify this offensive line to make Baker better. Mm-hmm. And I believe it. if Jedrick Wills plays, he doesn't have to be, like I said before, he doesn't have to be Joe Thomas great. He's just got to be good. He's just got to give Baker the extra second or two that he needs instead of standing back there going, well, shit, it broke down on me already before I even got the ball. So this is where <laughs> we're at. You know, it, that's I, I believe that Jedrick Wills is going to have a huge play in this because we already got Conklin, who's proven. We got Batonio, who's proven. He's the only unproven. Right guard, I'm not – I'm not low on like other people are because mm-hmm. I think we have players there. Right. Good enough. Good enough players there. But we need that left tackle, and I think it's going to be Jedrick Wills. I really do. I think he is going to be the MVP of this year because of what he does to protect Baker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the MVP, maybe not the best player on offense, but just the sheer fact of – At least I didn't pick a kicker. <laughs> I thought you were going suckered. <laughs> Jamie Gillen. Jamie Gillen. Crushing guys. Um, just just the upgrade at left tackle. You know, hopefully our left tackle won't kick someone in the face this year. Hopefully our left tackle won't go down to Mexico and do some whoa, stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. Allegedly. Whoa, whoa. Allegedly. And so, he, you know, we're, acting, we're asking him to take a big role in that room, and hopefully he's up for it. You know, being under... Nick Saban, you assume he is. You assume he's more mature than most guys coming out of college because he's been in basically an NFL uh, locker room because that's what Alabama is. They're top talent. He's going against top talent every single day in practice. And so hopefully he can keep Baker clean. That's what we're all hoping for. And hopefully Baker can have a season like Kirk Cousins did last year because there's a lot of similarities between – what the Browns are trying to do this year and what the Vikings did last year. If you want to know how the Browns' offense is looking, just take a look at some of the games the Vikings did last year. The personnel that we have is pretty comparable to what the Vikings had. They had Dalvin Cook. We have two great running backs, and so I think we, we have an advantage there. They had Diggs. They had Diggs and Thielen on the outside. Yeah. We have Odell and Jarvis, which, you know, depending on what you like, I think uh, Jarvis and Odell are a little more talented, maybe a little more seasoned than those guys. And so tight ends, they had Kyle Rudolph. I think Austin Hooper is a little bit of an upgrade there, but they also drafted a guy, athletic guy, Irv Smith. Oh, I forgot about him. From Alabama. Yeah. And so we have an athletic guy as well. And so there's no reason – that our offense can't be just like that, or maybe even a little bit better, because our offensive line, I feel, is better than what Minnesota had. Okay, so so we're trying to mirror what Minnesota did yeah. with the 12-man and mm-hmm. setting everything up that way. And I like it, but you got so many threats on offense that it, it's, it's hard to see the 12-man with this offense, because 
the wide the other wide receivers we have. That's the only reason why. Mm-hmm. We yes, we have other tight ends, but uh, you know, you sit there, you look. We got Peoples Jones, your boy, my boy, your boy. Uh, that Higgins, Higgins. We got, Higgins. We got Ratley still, I believe, or no, Ratley's gone. No, uh, I, I, think, uh, Hodge. I think we still have Ratley. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it'll matter. No, but. But you, you, know, you sit there and you look at it and you watch what Minnesota did last year and they just, it almost, it kind of reminds me of Tennessee. Okay. Just like a little bit of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Because you had that stud running back and look where Tennessee got. Tennessee got all the way to the, right. I mean, they took They the, had a lead the in the AFC Championship. Yeah. They took out the Patriots. That's how the Patriots took, took out, out the, the Patriots. Took out the Ravens. Took out the Ravens. Yeah. As a wild card. But you sit there and watch that, though, and it's like, this team could be that. This team, Chubb could be that. Mm-hmm. Hunt could be that. Mm-hmm. All we needed to do was just give it time to develop. And once it develops, because you can push so many to mount so many times, and guess what? They're going to protect their mouth. Mm-hmm. Guess what? When they protect their mouth, that's where you go for the body. <laughs> and I think that's what we're going to do here, because... We have the tight ends to do it. We have the running backs to do it. We have the wide receivers to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that punch is Chubb and Hunt right to the face. Right. Then you got play action with your tight ends going to the flat or quarters or anything of that nature. And then you have the over top with one of the fastest guys I've almost ever seen, especially when he took that 87 yard touchdown right. to the house. With ball in hand. With sure. ball. In, yeah. And then you got Juice. Who, as soon as the ball hits his hand, he's not dropping it. No. So, what what do we have to do to be better? And I I, I honestly think what we're pulling up now with Stefanski here, with all this stuff, we finally have the structure and the discipline we need to make it stick and make it work. Yeah. Um, So, I'm glad you brought up fact that the receivers uh we might be a little short on depth on receivers um if you remember last year the vikings first maybe two or three games um they ran the ball a ton yeah Diggs got pissed off and the receivers started complaining that they weren't getting the ball and uh if you remember last year through 10 12 maybe 14 games kirk cousins was in the MVP discussion. Well, yeah. Be- not because he's slinging the ball all over the place like Pat Mahomes, because he was more efficient. And that's what we're hoping for from Baker. What? Did you know Baker had more yards last year than Kirk Cousins? Oh, yeah. As bad as Baker was, he had more yards than Kirk Cousins, but somehow Cousins was viewed as an MVP candidate because he was more efficient. And so that's what we're hoping for well, from Baker. A, where are you looking that up at? Were you, what, what the, you the yards? Yeah, the yards. Because, yeah, I'll pull yeah I understand yards. that, you know, Baker had more yards. But if you look at it, how many drop passes did Baker throw to certain people? I, I, I know I've seen at least five to Odell, and if not more, to other receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sitting there going, you got two receivers that are injured. But it seemed like almost every time that he tried to force the ball to Odell, it was either... On his hands, and it was a weird catch, or it wasn't it, like they never had timing together. 
Mm-hmm. Like, they couldn't figure it out where he could actually hit him right in stride. It was either behind or in front, or it was just weird. But I think Baker could be more accurate in this offense because it's going to open up the windows more. He needs to be. Yes, he needs to be. So, so to go back, um, Baker was 14th in the NFL in passing yards. Uh-huh. He had 38-27. Okay, go ahead. And Kirk Cousins was two spots behind him at 16 with 36.03. What was the percentage? The completion percentage? Yeah. Kirk Cousins, 69. Yeah. Baker, 59. That's not that horrible. That's Anything under 60 is pretty bad. He's like, barely under 60. Yeah, but that's Andy Dalton territory. That's Josh Allen territory. I mean, you look at the best guys in the league. Uh, Dak Prescott, 65. Um Derek Carr, 70. I mean, these are guys that aren't at the top of the league, but they're still completing the balls because that's what you have to do. I mean, we've talked in the past about how accurate Drew Brees is. You just need that efficiency from your quarterback. And so to go back to your concern about the wide receivers, we have two of the best in the league. Yeah. I think we would agree. And you're worried about the depth. Well, I'm here to tell you, don't worry. Unless, as long as they can stay healthy, knock on wood, they both stay healthy. By the way, you knocked our glass. That's close enough to wood. All right, there you go. There you go. All right, now we're covered. (laughs) Um, So, last year with Minnesota, they 80% of the time, they had two or less wide receivers on the field at once. So, you're not running... You know, a spread offense where you have four or five receivers out there. When you want to put a guy in the slot, it's a running back or a tight end, which we have plenty of those. Exactly. Looking for guys, ways to get those talented guys on the field. So what you're saying, we're not looking more past Odell and Jarvis. We're not looking at People's Jones or Ratley. No, I mean, they're there for depth when those guys need a breather. But for the most part, they're not going to have... You know, you're not going to have a slot receiver getting 60, 70 catches. This is what we think, though. Because, yes, technically, Stefanski came from Minnesota. We don't know exactly what offense he's wanting to run, do we? Well, so... We we can bring up similarities. Minnesota's, you look at the head coach, maybe he's an overpowering, controlling head coach, but Mike Zimmer is a defensive guy, so he probably doesn't have his hands in the offensive room a whole lot. He probably lets that go. Now you don't know what kind of influence I think was a Kubiak's Kubiak. kid. Kubiak's kid or no, was it Kubiak? Kubiak. It was Kubiak. And Kubiak's kid. Okay, you don't know what kind of influence they had on it, but I would trust that that offense in Minnesota is going to mirror what we have. In well, Cleveland. you trust you trust that Stefanski as the offensive coordinator. He calls whatever he wants to call. Yeah, you're going to hear rumbling in the background from everybody else, but he's the he's the end line of. This is what we're calling. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, thanks for your input. They're doing this. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's the actual one making the call. So, yes, the influence of Kubiak and Kubiak's son and everything else is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I just want this offense to hum. Because guess what? It hums for the first drive of the game. And then after that, it's like, what happened? Oh, we don't run the ball anymore? Well, that was a Freddy Kitchens. Well, that was a Freddy Kitchens problem. But still, th- that's what happens, though. Is we get the first start of the game, and you watch them run down the field and score a touchdown, and you're like, holy shit. And then the rest of the game, you're going, 
Why can't you get the ball past the 50? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Oh, so we've touched on the wide receivers. Now, touch on maybe a place where the quarterback can improve, and hopefully this offense will help him out a little bit, is this offense runs a lot more play action than we've seen in the past. And when you have a dominant running back, that play action is more effective than other places. And what we've seen in the past, particularly last year with Freddie Kitchens, did you know last year on play action plays, Baker Mayfield had the fewest amount of seconds in the NFL other compared to other quarterbacks in the league. And so Freddie Kitchens was not giving him enough time. We ran play action last year. It would have been more effective. But if you can't scheme up how to protect your quarterback, it doesn't matter, you know, if your wide receivers are running open. You need that time. And so hopefully with this offense, with the amount of play action that we run, I mean, you look two years ago with Minnesota, they were the 25th most efficient offense in the league. Flashback to last year. When Stefanski took over, they were the sixth most efficient offense. Well, that's what we need. Right. And so let's hope that translates to what we're doing in Cleveland. That translates to giving Baker maybe a little dump-off pass here, maybe loosen things up with play action so he can find those open receivers. And you just take a shot downfield with Odell and Jarvis once in a while, and that's what the Vikings did. When their guys get going down deep, you just chuck it deep. So I think this offense is going to be – Maybe not like the greatest show on turf. You're going to kind of be grinding it out sometimes, and you just have to pick and choose when you can make that 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 pitch and catch over top the defense and get your touchdowns that way. And so you're just going to have to be patient at what they can do. Yeah, so you're pretty much saying they're just going to feed the ball and then after that right. take the top off. And so with just to touch on the receivers, touch on the quarterback, now what's most exciting for me is – what Chubb can do in this offense. And, you know, we talk about what they've done in Minnesota the year Dalvin Cook had last year, and you hope that Chubb can have a similar year, if not a little better, because he has a better offensive line. And he um, he was looking at running the ball a lot more than what we've seen in the past. So with that comes the zone runs, and more specifically, the outside zone runs, which, by the way, compared to every other running back in the league, according to Pro Football Focus, Nick Chubb ranked number one in the league at outside zone. Oh, of course. Check the house. Right, and he wasn't even in a zone rushing offense. And so what we need to get excited about is now he's in an offense to where he can produce – like other guys that aren't as talented as him have produced in the past. And so we just hope that this offense keeps churning, keep running. Chubb hopefully stays healthy. If, God forbid, something happens to him, we have a good backup. Okay. Well, you know, we do. We have Hunt, and it should work out, and it should be great. God, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. Because I think this offense is going to take us to the playoffs. I really do. I I hope so. They need but, to. They're going to have to. Know. They're going to have to. You know, overcome some of the uh, weak points in the defense. Yeah, but you know, what weak point do we have in the defense? 
Oh, a well, young safety is still a question. But young you know, linebackers, linebackers, young defensive yeah. backs that have had trouble staying healthy. Well, hamstrings happen when you play for Frank Kitchens. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into Laura. Let's get into some food. You want to get into some food? Mm-hmm. Let's get into some food. For sure. So we're going to do some fast food takes. Okay. And you yeah. have came up oh, with yeah. some, some stuff that I got out here. Oh, I've been waiting for a while. All yeah. Right. We can start the debate, and it's kind of been an ongoing debate, I guess, for well, maybe three, four months now, and so it might be an old take, but I don't know if you've had, have you had Wendy's breakfast yet? I have. It is absolutely amazing. Really? Okay. So you, I've been waiting for Wendy's to have breakfast for a while now. You don't like I it? love Wendy's. Wendy's is one of my favorites, but something about the breakfast. You don't like it? I don't. I had higher expectations for one. And what I'm finding out is Wow. You know, well, you know when you know when you're little and your mom will make you something like macaroni and cheese or lemon bars or something like that. And they use they use like she uses the ingredients that aren't technically like mac and cheese. Doesn't technically that, use real cheese, she uses the powder stuff. Instead of craft mac and cheese, right. you get the generic mac and cheese. Well, I'm just saying, instead, it's not real cheese, it's powdered. And so you grow up loving it. And that's the mac and cheese that you know. Even though it's maybe not necessarily the real thing, that's what you love. That's how I feel about Wendy's. They come out with, uh, oh, we're going to use this egg. It's real egg. It's not like processed egg. It's not folded egg. I kind of like the process egg. Oh, I come on. I don't like the real egg. Oh. I, I mean, I don't know if it's too much egg white for me or uh, too healthy for me. I don't, I would prefer the McDonald's egg. Okay. All right. So we're not talking about lemon bars. No, no. We're not talking no, about I'm lemon bars. Saying, I'm just saying you Because use the there's a story about lemon bars that you do not want oh, me to bring me, up. Oh, my lemon bars. Your lemon yeah. bars. All right, so we're not talking about lemon that bars. That was a fun night. Yeah, I know it was a fun night. <laughs> but the reason why I like it is because of the seasoned JoJo's. Well, uh, those, those, okay, those are good. I would agree They're, with you oh, that those are good. Yeah. And I've had the, the maple chicken. I think it's the maple chicken. That... That is the bomb. That's that's what the joke you brought up. Two great points. Those are the two things that oh. stand out to me. Uh, the maple chicken, the seasoned JoJo's, knocked it out of the park. Those are great. But to me, I don't think about when I think about breakfast. I don't think about a chicken sandwich. I think no, no, about no. what about I the uh, what about the beefnator, the the, I, the breakfast nader. Yeah, I don't know if I've had that. I've had. There's sausage. I can't get past the egg. Any, uh, any sandwich with egg on it, it just kind of ruins it for me. It doesn't really? taste good. Oh, my God. You, you've got to get out a little more. You really do. I want the imitation egg. You want the imitation yeah, egg? Yeah, I don't like wow. real egg. Well, no, hold on. No, i got to ask a question mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get a burger, mm-hmm. a breakfast burger, with the egg on, mm-hmm. do you like to bite into it with the yolk spilling out, or no? Are you not mm-hmm. one of those guys? Uh, first off, I don't get a burger with egg on it. <laughs> okay, mean, so I, now we know where we're at. The only egg I like is scrambled egg, and I like the folded imitation. So egg hold on, because you don't like the dippy egg with the toast or nothing? Nope, nope. I, egg white has a funky taste to me. I'm not talking about the egg white. I'm talking about you get an over easy egg. 
you get some toast and you dunk that toast right well, there. I'll, I'll eat you the white. To... I don't want to eat the, the. I don't want to eat the white. Okay, we got we got yeah. some other we got some other issues that we got to uh, talk it's, about. It's this is what it is. This is soon to be taste instead, instead of a legal hand to the face. This is going to be therapy <laughs> session with bride. Like what is going on here? All right. So what was the other one that you wanted to tell me about? Uh, you wanted to tell me about uh, KFC and their fries. Yep. Yep. I mean that's something. That's something that I didn't even know was going on. I just happened to pull into a KFC and I found out, hey, by the way, they have fries now. And no. So, I so not JoJo's, but fries. Not, not not the potato wedges. They have fries now. All right. And bonus, they taste just as delicious as the potato wedges do because they're made with the same type of seasoning, same type of breading as they do with the JoJo's. And so it's 100% have to go try it. I don't care what you try it with. The fries knock it out of the park. No, oh, I know. I love the JoJo's. They're, they're so, and I call them JoJo's because they're like half a potato. And I, <laughs> I gotta apologize because both my sons are up here now. So, we're gonna give a shout. Boys, say hi to everybody. Hi. Say hi. Hi. Say hi. Hi. Alright, now go downstairs and play so we can finish recording this. Yeah, I know you love them. Go on. Downstairs. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> they get so excited. Uncorked, unloaded. Uncorked and unloaded and raw, right? <laughs> uh, sorry, Bri. It happens. It happens. It happens. Sure. So, okay. Is there any so, other yeah. one else? All right. There's one more. There's one more. There's one more. One more. I don't know if you've tried it yet. I don't know if you're a fan of a place. Maybe I'm just different because I found a, a secret spot called Dairy Queen. I don't know if you've had Dairy Queen. Oh, the, the <laughs> Snicker Blizzard. <laughs> I love I love the blizzards. Yeah. So you're going to tell me about blizzards. I'm right? going to tell you about a one particular blizzard. One particular. I love the Reese PC. Can't go wrong. Or the Reese Cup. Can't go wrong with either one of those. I know. Both of those are Hall of Fame blizzards. Right. I found another one uh, that rivals both of those. And it's something outside the box. And it's something that if you haven't had it, you need to go try it right now. It is the Animal Cracker Blizzard. No, hold on. When you say Animal Crackers, are we talking like Frosted? Animal crackers, the ones with like a little pink, like when we grew up as kids, you had the little pink. Uh... Uh, so you're maybe thinking of, which would be phenomenal as well, you're thinking of the ice animal cracker. Oh! So the animal, you got the animal, you got your regular okay. animal cracker, uh -huh. you got your iced animal cracker with just the pink like little frosting type thing oh. right on top of it. These are, now, now I'm blanking on what they're called, uh, they're... They're, they're the I think they're, what are they called? I don't know. They're not the ice. <laughs> they're not the regular. I think they're the frosted animal crackers. It's the animal, the pink ones, the white ones with the little tiny sprinkles on top. Goes into a blizzard. Usually settles at the bottom like all blizzards oh. do. And if you haven't had it, try it. You're welcome. Oh, that sounds so delicious. <laughs> that really does. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Oh. Frosted animal cracker, I'm telling you, man. Oh. So, we're getting closer to the end of the show now. 
and I'm trying to signal to my big fellow over here mm-hmm. if we want to touch a topic today or save it until the next time. Well, and, and if we do it, then the top three goes out the window. No, let's. You want to go straight into the top three? Let's. We flubbed a little bit. Well, yeah, we flubbed a go, lot. Well, let's go. You never asked me your trivia question. Oh shit! I forgot and the so trivia question. You give it to me. How we'll, did I forget we'll, this one? You're supposed get... to be in charge of the trivia right, question. So this this particular topic that we're thinking about touching on. Tease it for next week. Tease it for next because week. Because it'll be right. a heated conversation. It will definitely be a heated conversation. a couple of fat guys so, that know a thing or two about a sandwich. Okay. So what we're, what we're teasing is next week. All right. Episode 7. We are going to get into Don't the... give it away. I said don't give it away. Nope. nope. It has what to do you? with sandwiches. Well, you it's a debate to we've had for years. It is a debate we've had for a lifetime. That continues. And it still day. continues. All right, so since I forgot the trivia question, which was my fault, I thought somebody would remind me, but I got so excited about this episode. So, my trivia question is to Big Bri. What Big Ten school has only lost one home game in the last eight years? One home game? In the last eight years. Hmm, that's a tough one. I'm going to say <sighs> Illinois. <laughs> I'm not giving you I'm not giving say you it. what you want. Say, I, say Illinois. Ohio State. Final answer, Illinois. Ohio State. Illinois. Yeah, Ohio State. All right. Oh, well, if it is Ohio State, clearly they're not playing Clemson in those games. Oh, wow. Drop the mic. Wow, you really want to go there? Drop the mic, Dabo. And I should have specified more mm-hmm. because it was supposed to be conference play. Oh, but, okay. you know, it's all right. Mm-hmm. I'd still like to be Ohio State Hoover. Yep, So in. now we're going to get into our top three. And we're going to do, uh, for once, we're going to do shout-out to public golf courses. Mm-hmm. Golf courses that we play and we love. And I'm going to start this out. With uh, the one down the street for me, which is uh, Springvale. I love Springvale Golf Course. Mm-hmm. North Homestead City Golf Course. Have fun with it. Okay. Like, like it. Um, I'll go with one that's also a little sentimental to me, and it was where I kind of first started playing the game and where I was in a junior golf league for, I don't know, probably six, seven years. Every Tuesday morning, wake up early and go play. Where I learned the game. Down closer to me, kind of. That is Bunker Hill in Oh! Brooklyn. Have you ever played? Yes. Yeah. I love good, Bunker Hill. Good track. All right. So my number two, Copper Top. Yeah. Love Copper Top. Yeah, great. I've only played it a few times, but I love the setup. They do a great outing. They really do. Mm-hmm. And, hey, it's Copper Top, baby. That's yeah, you're, you're right. They do a great outing because everybody like, comes in on the last hole. Well, yeah, that's great, and they also have. If you're looking, I don't know, I haven't been there in a couple of years, but if you're looking for a good breakfast, they have a great breakfast in there. Uh, yeah, and they're very inexpensive, delicious. If you're looking for a secret breakfast spot, you can sit out there on the patio. You can watch them come in on 18. A fantastic time, you know, as long as the weather's right. It's great, and also they have. What makes it great there is they have the GPS. Um, oh, yeah. Which you see where you're at. Not enough courses have. I understand everyone now has 
the, the watches, finders or, or watches. watches or something and they know. But I, for me, I, I enjoy having uh, that little guide there. So top, top, great choice. Always have fun playing out there. I'll go to a couple places that, you know, if you live around Cleveland, maybe you don't know about. So it's a little bit of a drive, but it's worth the drive. Number two, kind of a hidden gem. It's out west, like way west, towards Sandusky. It's in Norwalk. It's Ooh. called Eagle Creek. Oh, fantastic course, cheap. Um, you're not paying, you know, sixty, seventy dollars for a round. Worth the trip. Taken care of, immaculate. Oh, fantastic greens and everything. I mean, great scenery. It's kind of close to the the Norwalk Speedway. So you can kind of once in a while, if you go on a Saturday, hear the hear the top thrill dragsters. Going. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome! So, but yeah, worth the trip. Check it out. So I got one honorable mention that I got to throw out. Okay. Which you don't like this golf course, but I got to throw it out there. Hilliard Lakes. Oh yeah. It's tight. Yeah, you don't it's like tough. it. It's you tough. like it. it it's, tight. it's tight, but it's fun mm-hmm. because it makes you choose different clubs. You have to choose different clubs. Mm-hmm. But my number one. And I'm going to come strong with it because I love this golf course. It's one of my favorites. Sweetbriar over in Avon. Love Sweetbriar. Uh huh. It is just a solid course and it is set up through a development. The greens are all bent grass. Everything is nice and it is spaced out. You don't have to worry about anything. You have fun when you play it because guess what? The greens are big enough. They can control everything. It's so good. Nice. I, I still haven't played there, but I would love to play there. I've heard countless good things about it. So I'll take you to another one that is maybe a little bit of a drive for a lot of you, but it's about 20 minutes south of Medina, where I live. And it's you're, I'm going to throw you a curveball again because it's a little bit of a unexpected choice for me. Because now they are run by the University of Ohio State. OH! <laughs> I knew you were going to say it! And they're run by the turf school there, and it's, it's Hawk's Nest. They, yeah! they have a great track. It's inexpensive. I think you can get out there most days for around 40 bucks, and it's worth the drive. They, they take care of you fantastically. They've done a couple outings for us in the past, and so it's a it's a quality class track. Oh, that's amazing. Hot Nest is amazing. Hot Nest. Hey, love it. You know what's up? All right. Brian holds a golf outing every year. Mm-hmm. Memorial for his father. Mm-hmm. All right. So he does it every year at Hawks Nest because they take care of him. So I'm yeah, giving a great. special, oh, yeah. special shout-out for Hawks Nest yeah. because guess what? That means a lot to him. means a lot to me. All right? So that outing, even though sometimes it's stacked with certain teams, <laughs> including certain cousins. I've never won. I, he's I've never won. never won. How long has it been going on now? 10, 11 years. 10, 10, 11, 10 years. 11 years. And he has never won it never, one even time. Taken second. Never even taken second. I don't have a trophy. Well, he handicaps everything. Right. He should handicap right. it. Right. I can't. Right. I he, can't he give should, myself ten strokes yeah. and then go out there and win by you know, five. You should. You should at least win one year. Yeah. All right. We'll get a, a, a glass island in my way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're signing off now. And like I said, if you want to hit us up, 
You can catch us at IllegalHamToTheFace at gmail.com. Or you can catch me on Twitter at IamThatFatGuy1. Or search IamThatFatGuy with two T's because <laughs> I wear two XL shirts. Um, soon we'll have the Facebook page. Soon we'll have the YouTube channel. But thank you guys so much for listening. We cannot thank you enough. Also, shout out military. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. All right. Shout out first responders. Thank you for everything you've done. Mm-hmm. All right. Everything. Because you guys have helped us through a lot. And I can't thank you enough. Bry, give them a God bless. God bless you. God bless America. That's right. All right. We are uncorked, unloaded, and we are out. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.